Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 238 for June 3rd, 2020. My name is Phil Pinsky, with me as always, Bill Lutz and Tim Sway. Uh, the pause was because I was thinking of nicknames, but then I decided against it. This week's top Patreon supporters are Lakeside Woodcrafter, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta, Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashirs, Paul Jackman, The Boys Over It, Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, Wesley Treat, Rob Ray, Darren Mattis, Kling Spore, Isotunes, Tim Holliner, Levi Hogue, Keith Decent, and Gangi and Pop Pop Makerspace. Ugh, we are like a well-oiled machine. Yeah, it's, it's kind of seamless in that manner. Yeah, Flawless. yeah. What are we working on, Bill Lutz? None. No, really no. not. No. Just tell us about your mustache. <laughs> uh, yeah, I could do that. Uh, so Jason Payne, uh, he actually designed my uh, my caricature, all of our characters, right? Uh, for the podcast, uh, our logo. Did he? No, that was that was Cam. That was Cammy. Cammy. Oh, Cammy. Okay, well, Cammy didn't do it. Jason, Jason Payne, built all my oh, websites. Yeah, Jason doesn't do nothing for me. I, yeah, no. that's he right. Did, just for Tim. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He did I send us the my um, face for him. No, he, he sent, sent us, us the, the, the mailbox yeah. challenge thingy. Again, uh, he made me work. He didn't he's not yeah. done anything for me. He anyway, made me cop he out of working. He challenged Tim and I to to because the idea was, hey, you, you got to wear a mask out in public, so why not do something funny underneath the mask? Nobody will know. So he um, uh, did his goatee in pink, and um, I felt sorry for him to be quite honest. So what I decided to do was when I went I went to go shave, and I thought, well, you know what? I'll just shave off and do an Amish thing. So I shaved off my mustache, but I left the goatee. So now I have just a great big gray-colored Furby on my chin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. You look like a very um, rebellious Amish man. I look like a... <laughs> Amish man on Amish biker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Except the you bike know? would have to be pedal powered because you know, Amish. Yeah, the little triangle. Or pneumatic. <laughs> or pneumatic. They will uh, no, use the, pneumatic. I don't. Think that's not Amish though. That's Mennonite, I think. Right. Yeah. Amish. Uh, there's no. Yeah, there's the, no the Amish will use steam power. True, but, oh, okay. but, steam power but they don't use it for their for their transportation. No, no, no. Just for machinery. Right. So kind of my, like my, kind of my, my the biker Amish dude would have to be a pedal powered bike. And or a, or a uh, push, you know, a foot scooter. Or a single seat buggy pulled by a badass horse. Or, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting the feeling a now chariot. since um, uh, Ryan Ridgely, did you guys get the email where he so wanted to argue with the computer because we were talking about boring bees and he knew all the answers and we're idiots? I have the feeling there's an Amish person out there right now shaking their head going, you know what, you guys, you don't know what you're talking about. We actually do have bicycles, and they're not steam-powered. You're just being silly. The Amish podcast market. We don't have any Amish listeners, yeah. I'll bet we do. Hey, anybody out there is Amish? Reformed Amish listeners, Email us at at, uh, timswaycouncil.net. Council at timswaycouncil.net. You can feel free to email Bill there. Yep. Yeah. Forward them all to him. (laughs) Yeah, perfect. Um, Okay. Did you explain the whole thing? Or okay, you did, right? Yeah, pretty much. So that that's okay. all I've been doing. I've just been trying to just busy, not working full time yet, but uh, busy while I'm at work, and uh, just just doing the thing, man. Trying to spend some quality time with Casey, and you know, right? Okay. Yeah. Tim, I'm doing my my usual stuff, I suppose. I'm working a little bit on the guitar truck. Um, I started putting the the wood walls in um i had some a few months back because i've been kind of like i have a bunch of things that sort of started and they got held and you know uh, orders and stuff but so i a few months ago i, I had this opportunity to pick up like i think it was 120 pallets that were um they're super lightweight thin pallets they're from a nursery that just got some kind of plant in on them 
and they just put okay. them all out in the curb and uh maybe it was maybe it's only 80 or, i think i yeah or 90 of them but i fit i got too many truckloads of them and each one fit oh. like 40 are these or the 50. plastic ones no no these are wood they were um half inch half inch slats with okay. three runners but no bottom runners or no bottom slats i mean right so, so they're just very lightweight they came, pallets. Up, yeah. came apart in minutes each one of them weighed you know like two pounds you know what i mean but um but so, but all that wood was perfect for making walls inside the truck. Uh, huh? So I had already dismantled all these pallets. Vance and I did a little while ago with a denailer and, a, and just a skill saw, just cutting the the runners off, and you know, really came apart real easy. Very few nails because it was all new, clean wood too. Um, and then I cut them all at a forty-five, um, you know, like a chamfer on on each edge. So yeah. when I so I was gonna make the walls with them. So I wanted to make the walls like panels that I could remove in case I want to add or you know do work on the interior of the truck running wires or whatever you know for sound and lights and stuff so i i glued uh strips of wood onto the interior of the the panels of the truck like the the metal you know like and then i uh yeah like studs and then i but they kind of almost like randomly spaced basically based on the length of my pieces of wood and stuff and then i i took all of these pieces of wood that i had chamfered the edges so i could do like a slight overlap on them mm -hmm. and i lined them all up and, and and uh glued and pin nailed them down to two more runners that are the same exact thickness as the runners that are glued to the truck but spaced so they overlap them and then i was okay. able to just put you. the panel up or actually underlap them uh, so then I'm able to put the panel up and just like basically six screws, two in the top corners, two in the bottom corners, two in the middle. So the six screws holding this panel up against the they wall. Float. And so the, yeah, so they float onto that. And so then I have, a, and then what I'm going to do is where the, the, the panels seam up, I'm just going to put a piece of trim, hollow core door trim, you know, to cover up the edge. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it worked out pretty well. It was like the idea that I had and I, you know, I was like hoping it would work, you know, but so now if like I need to do something on the truck, I can just take down the piece of trim and remove six screws and I can have access to the interior wall of the truck. I put a, I put a half inch piece of unfortunately foam insulation in there but it was seemed to be the best fit because I was able to just sort of shove it into the panel so it would just come off with the door you know and I could just so basically with like 12 screws I could pull all the walls out and have an empty truck again you know. Yeah. It's kind of smart. Yeah so, so I was working on that and then starting to build some storage and, and get the so it's really like inside the truck it's really starting to look like something now you know i mean it's still like still a long way to go but like i've got like some of the furniture basic ideas shaped out and the walls are are roughed in and you know none of the trim is up and all that stuff but it's starting to come together and it's it seems like it's all gonna work amazing yeah <laughs> it's always a plus well um, you can't have it be too smooth because i mean you can't have everything going so well because that's boring what are you going to talk about on the next podcast <laughs> well, whatever, whatever goes wrong. This is, I think, the first time everything went right. So, <laughs> so you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna revel in that for a minute. <laughs> so, what happened here? I'll, I'll throw a monkey wrench into it. So, what happens when you decide to mount something to these walls on the inside? Oh, that is, um, yeah, I, I'm going to have a backboard uh, for the bench that I'm building, like a backrest, and I'm gonna French cleat that. But so what'll happen is the French cleat is going to span several panels, and so it should be grabbing enough of the stuff. You know, right, but what I'm saying is studs. now you want to take a panel off, you got to take the everything that's screwed to that's the That's screwed panels. to it. Sure, sure. I mean, it's, you know, it's going to have to, you're going to have to undo stuff if you take the panel off. It's, they're not going to be, but they're also not the kind of thing that uh, you're going to remove all the time. You know what I mean? It's, you're removing so it for major construction. What would you, besides wiring, what would you put behind it? Like plumbing or... I mean, eventually, who knows? Probably not. But my only concern is the gas lines. I, I, yeah, yeah, the gas lines and the for cooking. Know, yeah, ge geothermal heating and you know. Good idea. <laughs> but no, it's it's just um, I'm the electrical <clears throat> primarily. I might want to wire it. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna want to put lights in, of course, and uh, I'm not quite sure how that's all gonna happen yet. And also, I'm gonna want to put solar panels on the roof and have a solar solar charger uh, generator in there or whatever so i'm trying to i don't know how that all is all going to go yet i was going to put a piece of conduit in uh behind the wall but i was like ah, i don't even know where it's going to go and then i might like in the future want to wire it to have like speakers actually wired in i might want to wire in a um like a small tv screen to show videos on or whatever mm -hmm. you know so just Promo. just to be able yeah. to like oh i got this tv screen i can now i can take this panel off i can run the wire behind it instead of having like 
tacking it up everywhere and but in the in the top rail corners of the truck i'm also going to have like that's going to be like the, basically like a wiring harness so i think for channel, most of the like time it, yeah yeah most of the time i think i could just kind of go up in there and just be able to you know fish it Tuck. fish it through that way yeah. you know so and that'll just be a piece that i take off and, and again if those are separate pieces i can take one off i can reach my arm in and grab the wire and pull through the next one screw the first one back on take the next one off to feed it through you know so it's just about modularity. I just, you know, I want to be able to take it all apart without destroying it. Right. Mm-hmm. Too bad Vance is growing up so fast because, you know, a couple of years ago, you could have just made enough, just barely enough space for him to crawl in behind things. Crawl space, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like for wiring yeah. and whatnot, but mm-hmm. labor Well, yeah, laws, I mean, he's, you know, he cleans our chimney like that. You know, yeah, yeah, we just, we tie a rope to his ankle. <laughs> yeah. He's like, a, he's like a 19th century chimney sweep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's still Please, you know, he doesn't cough that much. Possible. <laughs> How about you, Phil? Um, I didn't really get a chance to build much, but I got in the mail the uh, the missing um, shelf pin bit uh, that I need to finish up the art cabinet that I'm working on, so I can do that. I don't know if I mentioned that last week. I think it only came in last week. Anyways, um, so I have it now. I got it from Milescraft. It turns out it took a month for it to show up from the mail. Like, they mailed it April 27th. It showed up May 26th. Everything's a little slow right now. Everything. Anyways. um, So, yeah. So, that came in so I can start working on it. Um, And I started... Actually, I set up a Minecraft server to play Minecraft with my son. He is super, super into Minecraft. He loves it. For anybody who doesn't know what it is, it's actually a very... um, graphically simple game where it's first person view you walk around and everything is a block right so it all looks like you're basically walking around a lego world and there's two modes to this game one is called creative where you have unlimited access to any material you want to work with and you just go and you build anything you want and people have built like replicas of like new york city of uh king's landing from game of thrones the and and anything you can imagine they've built it out of these virtual blocks and then you can go and explore the other version of the game, the other side of the game, is called survival mode, and you have to, um, and there's a night and day, and you see it happen on like sort of almost a live basis, it's very fast, but um, during the daytime, the animals and the bad guys can't get you, and at nighttime, you're vulnerable, so you have to like mine for all of these minerals and then build some kind of a shelter, and all of these basic elements can be recombined into other things. So if you mine coal and a stick, you can make a torch, and so that will give you light inside of a man-made structure that you make. Anyways, that was a long preamble, but it's a ton of fun, and um, so my son and I were playing a local multiplayer game because I set up a server, so we're sitting in the same room. I'm on my laptop. He's on my desktop, and he's seven years old, and we're playing this video game, and we're like totally cooperating. He's like, hey, do you need do you need coal? I've got some coal. You can have it, and he tosses it, and he gives it to me, and I continue building what I'm building. He continues building what he's building. And it was like the most fun I've had in the longest time. We sat here for three hours playing Minecraft. It was incredible. I had a blast and I can't wait to do it again. Um, and the other thing was uh, yesterday was my 40th birthday. So I'm oh, super old. No. Yeah. Happy yeah. birthday. Hey, you know, Phil, you. That, that reminds me. Um, Casey wanted to, to ask you what time. Pardon? Casey wants to know what time. What time what? Well, it's it's her birthday in a couple days, and she yeah. wants to know what time you're coming over. Because last year for her birthday, uh, you were here. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, the border a little closed right now, but oh. uh, we can we could do a Skype call. Because I, I, I said, honey, what do you want for your birthday this year? And she looked at me and says, you know what? I'd like a Canadian. Yeah. Yeah, she wants to do another. She wants to do another jam sesh in the car on the way to the airport. That's right, little. Uh, yeah. what, what do you guys call that? Um, um, uh, I can't even remember now. Uh, car band, car band. Karaoke? No, it's car band. Oh, it's, yeah. She calls oh, car, it car band. band. Yeah. Oh, car band. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. We we like we're singing our heads off. Sublime. It was cool. Yeah, yeah. Very um, good. Well, happy to so yeah. Thank you very much. Um, and I also ordered a whole bunch of stuff direct from China from one of my favorite websites called banggood.com. Weird name. But um, I got a shotgun mic um, and lighting and all this stuff that sort of mounts to the top of the camera because I want to start 
doing better uh, vlog style videos for LinkedIn and maybe even for my YouTube channel, I don't know. Uh, so I'm looking forward to getting that in six weeks because it takes forever to get stuff from China. Uh, might take but, longer than that. Yeah, I have some stuff that I'm waiting on. Yep, that's why I like too. to order things every few days. So then when so you got to build a pipeline of things coming to you every other day as well. <laughs> and know, plus, so by the time uh, you start getting things, you forgot you ordered them anyway because you're waiting on something else. And then when they get there, it's like, oh, this is so amazing. Yeah, that's exactly the feeling. You're like, yeah. what? What is this? What? Shenzhen for me? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, that's that's I guess it basically I've all uh, all I've been up to. Um, so let's move on to our topic, and our topic this week is simply CNC. Now I contend that when people think of CNC, you think of these like intricate 3D um, things that you can only make with a CNC. Skynet. No, but great use of an 80s reference. Um, what I like to think of the CNC is is just sometimes a more versatile Swiss Army knife. So I'll give an example. Um, I want to make, and I've started laminating up a little bit of wood to do this, is I want to just make a simple phone mount for my bicycle so that when I go on bike rides with my kids, I don't have to have this phone sitting in my pocket as I'm biking. And uh, and a lot of times, sometimes I'll wear like thinner shorts and the weight of the phone is just like flopping all over the place and it's just very awkward. Uh, so I want to make a little phone mount so that I can maybe even GPS stuff and see what it looks like. But anyways, right there on there. And I want to make it. And so I took out my calipers and I measured the diameter of the handlebar. And it's like a weird diameter that I don't have a drill bit for. So yes, I could make one that's a little smaller and then maybe put in a dowel and some sandpaper. And maybe I could use the spindle sander attachment of my drill press. And then, okay, I was like, okay, that's a pain in the butt. Maybe I'll do this later. And as I was leaving the garage, I was thinking, you know, my CNC could make any size hole. And if that's all I want it to do is make a hole, it could just make a hole. So it just occurs to me that we we overcomplicate what it needs to do instead of taking advantage of everything that it can do. What do you think? Yes. <laughs> cool. Anyways, thanks for listening this week, guys. Great convo. <laughs> Do you ever have that experience where you're like, you just don't even think of the CNC for doing something simple, like, and you sit there and you use five different tools to do something that it could do in one? I have the exact opposite experience, actually. What I do is I, I run files where I drill holes, but I make the holes too small, and then I have to go find the right size drill bit to finish it because <laughs> it's, it's already off the CNC, and it's a complicated thing. I do that all the time with uh, my guitar builds, the holes for the tuner heads. I have, like, a couple different size tuners that I'll use, and... I've, I've done it like three or four times just this year where I've forgotten to check the Change tuner that the I'm going to use for the actual guitar. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, and, and so then I'll, and, or sometimes I'm creating the file and I'm like, ah, I'll just make it the small one. It's probably the small one. I always go for the small one, you know. Right. And then you I, make it bigger. You can't make it smaller. Exactly. Exactly. You know, yeah. so, uh, <laughs> but, so but how no, difficult would it be to, because so you two are going to have a lot of this conversation. So I'm going to try and imagine my way through some of this. I, I can imagine that if you, did that if you made a, a hole on the CNC simply mm -hmm. like Phil let's just use you for an example you say you know what I want to make this hole uh, this size and you go make the hole and it's still a little bit too small how difficult is it to put the thing back on the the wasteboard in the right mm -hmm. spot to where you can increase the size is that just like a, it's not hard at all or is it like you know you got to tell it where home is and this and that and line everything back up what do you got to do uh, for me it wouldn't really work because it would be impossible to sort of Put it back to where it was unless i had the foresight to set up some kind of like reference um stops but i would never do that because i always assume i'm going to get it right the first time which is my biggest weakness in life but uh, <laughs> yeah i would start with a whole new piece of wood and just have to do it again especially right. since it's like what i'm doing right now is it's maybe a four by five inch piece of wood that i'm right. turning into some kind of a mount so yeah, I would just start new. But that's a great question because I do find zeroing to a very specific point on the work area next to impossible. I don't have a Z probe, which is a thing that you sort of, it's a little metal thing that you put down and then no matter where you've tightened the bit to inside the collet, it touches down and boom, it knows that it's exactly, you've zeroed out the height of the, of the bit. Um, I always have to do like, and I, sometimes I do pieces that need a tool change 
and you can't ever get it to the exact same spot. So I have to lower it, lower it, lower it, lower it, lower it, do the little paper shimmy thing yeah, underneath there, and then zero it. Well, um, Tim, so it use, is annoying. You use Avid. I mean, is is it this, is that the same answer for you because of their their stuff, or is, is there a way to do that? Well, uh, you know, definitely, definitely for de- definitely with Avid's uh, software and machine, it's way easier. And um, yes, Bill is <laughs> Bill is winning the Shill of the Year award. <laughs> Uh, no, but it, but it's true. What what Phil has is a, is a great uh, introductory sort of CNC machine, and it doesn't do everything that the the bigger fancier machines can do. So for me, it's not as big of a deal. But there, I'll get to an answer to help you, Phil. Um, but uh, so for my machine, every time I turn it on, I I automatically tell it to find home, which is like the bottom left corner of the machine. So it'll automatically cycle through that to make sure everything's all lined up. Phil's machine doesn't do that. So once it does that, then I have a I have an, a preset zero, which is the exact dead center of my wasteboard, and so I have that marked on the wasteboard. And I know mm-hmm. if I if I make the machine go all the way to the bottom left corner, and then I go go to home, it's going to always be the exact dead center of my board. So uh-huh. it's pretty easy for me to line something up to that. And it say suppose you screw up a file, like if if you have something going wrong and it starts to bind down, or you have to hit the emergency stop button. As soon as you hit the emergency stop button, it screws up all your memory. But I can do that same process where I can just go all the way back to home, right? And then go back. However, where it gets difficult is a lot of the things that I make. You know, there's the the material that holds it down that gets kind of cut off, like the waste. You know, I usually just use screws or whatever to screw it down. Um, mm-hmm. So if I like say I cut a guitar out of a block of wood and I, and I take it off the machine I'm like oh great This is perfect. I cut it out of this little thing and then I go. Oh the hole is wrong in order to to Like go and set it back up in exactly the same spot and find that complex location You know on this thing is next to impossible But what I could do is I could find the center of that of that board and put the one hole at a time there Cut it and then another one cut it now it's faster to use the drill press, though. You know what I mean? Because that right, becomes right, right. a little more yeah. complicated. But now, so, Phil, with, with your machine, uh, the, the problem that that Piranha has is it's just a smaller sort of operating software. So when you, if you, um, and this, it took me forever to learn this, uh, and I would make mistakes. I'd be like, I don't know why it's cutting too deep, or I don't know why it's not cutting deep enough. And it's because zero it does every time. It's, well, it's not just that, but it's if you're manually controlling it or you mess something up, and it goes. It doesn't have a um, an auto kill switch. So if mm-hmm. you, you know, if you have two inches of clearance, and your your machine runs up, and it only had one point nine inches of clearance, yes, that that ax, um, acne thread will spin for that one tenth mm-hmm. of an inch. The motor, and now you're one tenth of an inch off. Correct. I, um, I have my. Buddy so every Rick, time I've raised the Z height too high, I have to lower it re- and redo gotta, my zeros because and it, it goes too far to the left or too far back. Yep, every yeah. time. And yeah, so, that's and that's how, too. that's how it's really easy and frustrating to screw stuff up. So I had my buddy Rick, he makes, um, he makes, uh, ukuleles, like electric ukuleles. He bought the Piranha and he, I was he, kind of helping him out with some vector software and stuff. And so he bought this machine and he's like, do you mind, you know, giving me a little lesson with it? I'll bring it to your shop. He's like, I'll sweep up or whatever for you. You know, I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> whatever. He still owes me, Rick, you still owe me the sweep up. Um, but so he brought that machine in and I was like, I forgot about that. And then we set the file up. I'm giving him, you know, a little lesson. I'm like, okay, now hit start. And he goes up, and I hear it. And as soon as I heard this, I like, oh, and I hit the stop button, and I explained that to him. And so yeah. now what I just did is I saved him like three months of agony that you and I both went through because I didn't explain it to you either. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> so can we can we bring this back down to uh, just a little bit of Neanderthal here, Phil? When you said. The reason why the CNC would be good for cutting a hole of any size is because you're actually cutting a hole. You're using one small bit that can do a circumference in this piece of wood and, and cut yeah. out that diameter, whatever size you want, as opposed to when you drill something. Like you said, Tim, you can go just go to a drill press, but not if you don't have the exact size drill bit. Because you're actually drilling a hole, and it's going that hole's only going to be the size of that drill bit. It's not going. You can't make it any bigger yeah. or smaller. You can make a hole, and your CNC is basically infinitely large as long as it's larger than the cutter that you're using. You know right. what I mean? Right. So if you have an eighth inch cutter, you can only make as small as an eighth inch size hole is the smallest you can make with it, obviously. But yeah. you know the other thing with drill presses is that you have to you have to worry about blowout and stuff too. Right. Um, you know about supporting the back of it or doing and with a CNC like you don't have to worry about any of that. 
Like, because no, that, that's the a router sharp bit cuts cut. very clean. Yeah. Yeah. Now, as opposed to a router bit, a laser CNC, a CNC with a laser, a laser can do the same thing, right? It can cut just about any size hole you want, depending upon the same thickness deal. of the material or. The thick- yeah. The thickness of the material. So that's actually what I do because I'm very, very fortunate to have a laser as well as a CNC. Do you have a the laser? Lasers, I do. I do have a laser. He's a Bond bad guy. He's a Bond yeah. villain. Yeah. No, it was the laser. Laser. He's, he's, he's Q. He's Q. Q, yeah. <laughs> the kid, yeah. All right. So the, one of the first things I, I did with the laser cutter is I, did a, I took a picture of a, a sea bass and I put a laser on its head and then I laser it <laughs> into a cereal box. <laughs> Are they ill-tempered? Yeah, when I was learning how to use it, you know. Um, it That's came out fine. horrible because I didn't know how to use it. But now, so now what I do, suppose I make this mistake, right, where I drill the hole and it's the wrong size, it's too small because I'm a moron. Um, what, I w- what I will do is, uh, I, you know, I'm a proponent of using hollow core doors. They cut great on a laser. So I will make a template on the laser and then use that yeah. template to make my hole with a handheld router or whatever. Uh, and that way I can, so I can take the whole pro, like, so I have that same problem with that guitar and it's a yeah. whole shape to it, and there's that one hole that's the wrong size, and I can't get it all back in the CNC exactly perfect, but what I can do is take that profile shape, cut the whole darn thing out of a piece of holocore door or garbage, and have the hole exactly where I want it. I can put it on top of that whole shape. Right. I can line every po- point up, and now I can just drill it and mark it. And, yeah. You know. That's the thing, too. Like, a CNC is not some kind of, like, magical mystery tool that will do everything. A lot of what you got to do after the CNC is a lot of manual work and a lot of the times the handheld tools or the non-CNC tools actually make the CNC faster like I was making these trays I don't know a couple years ago and rather than wait for the CNC to cut out the profile of the whole tray I would just have it go down maybe a quarter of an inch all the way around I'd take the whole thing off the CNC cut it out with my bandsaw and then take it over to the uh, uh, to the router table and just do a flush trim to yeah. actually get it nice. In so the meantime, I put another yeah. one on the CNC to begin the process. Yeah. So it's like a second set of hands, you know, in a lot of things. I think, Tim, you were talking about that a lot when we first started talking about CNCs. Yeah, absolutely. That it's another that. person in the shop. Well, like, yeah, I mean, my guitars, you know, have 3D shapes to them, but for the most part, I just do the 2D stuff on the CNC because that's yeah. the stuff where the accuracy is important. But then the shape is, is to me, is more the artistry and the finesse. And I, I do have some guitars that I do the 3D shapes on the CNC. And then the next I do, I start the shape on it. But then I finish it by hand because cause I'm a real woodworker. <laughs> no, because uh, I, it's, it's almost quicker. Like the, the, the 3D carve, to just put like a shoulder rest in a guitar where it just sort of slopes down like a quarter inch would mean I'd have to 3D carve the entire top to do that, which would take like... It's an hour. Yeah, whereas, or I can just cut the shape out, which takes 10 minutes, and then I can take my, my Arbortech, uh angle grinder cutters and just <laughs> shape it. Go and on. I still got to yeah. sand anyways, and it, so it takes like two minutes, you know. Um, but, you know, the topic, though, was about how it's not just a complicated things. Uh, one thing I saw recently was a, a guy, I forget who it was, he was um, someone on Instagram, and he had a very large CNC machine, and he, had, he does live-edge tables and stuff. So he had the two boards that he was book-matching, he set them up on his CNC about an inch or two apart. And what he did is, in essence, is he drew a rectangle that he was cutting. Uh, he made and he it put into it in a be- jointer. And he put it in between the two boards. And so now he cut, he jointed this thing yeah, on a CNC. Oddly Again. enough, I just watched a video with Izzy Swan and Alex Snodgrass, and that came up with Izzy because he was talking about, you know, uh, a jointer is not something that when you do mass reduction, you really need an actual jointer because they would, he would mm. either just take it over the CNC or you can do it on a, a specific other tools. He's all, but now he kind of wants one, but he was talking just about that, putting it on the CNC and just having it zit, zit, zit. So no matter where you have those two boards next to each other, it's still going to be a perfect edge because of the, the CNC's and ability to, and your plane or two, like you right. want you want a plane and make a, like a four foot wide by four foot long table, perfectly flat. You yeah. can joint it and run it through your your you know your your bench planer and then glue all the boards together, then level it again, or you can put it on your CNC and let it do it. Yeah, well, I mean, you're talking about days, now right? an industrial four by eight machine yeah. versus like a home lunchbox planer. If you're if you've got a four yeah. by eight machine, chances are you also have like a large drum sander surfacer or a large right. planer. Well, but I think the question is, is do you, like, if you are, you, you know, you're 30 years old and you're starting your, your wood shop business or whatever, 
Oh, where what do you, you invest, invest in first? Yeah. Where do you invest? Clever, if you yes. invest in the okay. CNC, you can have all those tools if you if you know how to program a CNC. Yeah. That it depends upon what you're trying to do. Know. I think that would make more sense sure. for uh, more production, but I, I don't yeah. think that would serve you if you're trying to create one-offs pieces. Well, you know, um, Jeff Shaw, that was what he did. Uh, you know, he works for Narwhal Labs right. now, which is the total boat thing. But that's, you know, he when he was working a full-time day job, he, and he had his part-time, that's what he did is he invested in a CNC and he just did, he did everything on that. You know, so it is, it is a way some people think. Mm-hmm. At least Jeff. I like the idea of sort of using it as, as a second person in the shop. That's what I like. So, like, if you needed to join something and then you need to get started on the next table, you'd use the jointer to get all those boards milled up and ready for a glue-up and then Much have it fast. do, like, you know, a 16th or a 32-inch of a, a, you know, pass at the end to just level it. You still have to sand after it does that leveling because it leaves, you know, the, the bit marks Chatter. up yeah. and down. The, yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I was about- talking... I say you're talking. It sounds like you're talking more about in the process of making something. If 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 you've got, uh, uh, like for you for guitars, right? So it's so, okay. I'm gonna have while this thing is cutting out the the shape of the the neck. You know the the radius on the neck. You can set press go, and now I can go do something over here as opposed to doing it by hand. You've got to do one step at a time. But now you've got a second pair of hands. You're doing one thing over here while I'm doing something else. When that's done, you start another one, so it keeps everything moving. You're actually able to do more than one thing at a time, second pair of hands. Absolutely, and I always say too, like you know, I get a lot of comments on my videos, like of like, oh well, you know, the CNC made it. It's like no, the CNC cut it out. Like I made it. Never mind the whole, you know, the the whole ridiculousness of that, you know, programming it and, and all that stuff. That but argument's this, getting like, old no, now, I think, because you don't hear that as much anymore. <clears throat> Not as much, but there's yeah. some people that say it. But it's like. You know, people are like, oh, well, that doesn't take skill. The skill is in working with tools. And it's like, there's no skill in holding a template against a piece of wood against a flush trim bit. That doesn't yeah. require skill. You know, if you go to if you go to a guitar factory like like Fender, right? Right. They're not cutting. They're not making those on CNCs because it's too slow. What's faster is to have one big twenty thousand dollar machine that does one job. Right. And a setup exactly. Only one job. So you want to th- like this sanding thing. You, you take a block of wood, you hold it against it until you can't push it anymore, and that shape is cut. Like that's yep. what those machines do. And there's does that require? Is that more skill? <laughs> you know what I, I mean? Know. Like yeah, holding was, a piece that, of wood against the machine until it stops moving. Away. Yeah. Was I, I don't think people use that argument when it comes to like factories. I think they're talking about it more about like weekend warriors. Well, I, I remember uh, one of the competition shows. I forgot the guy's name, but uh, the winner of that particular show, kind of his name is now out there, and he made a statement about CNCs, about you know, hey, that's not real woodworking. It's just not the same. It's not handmade. That was the, the thing. Is like, is it handmade? And my argument's always been, it's of course it's handmade. It's absolutely handmade. You know, the guy that that only had a knife to make furniture, the next. 20 years later, now he's got a, a saw and his knife, and 20 years later, he includes a hammer. Every time you add a tool to your repertoire, is it less handmade? You're not doing it, you know, unless you use your fingernails to carve a block of wood out. I mean, yeah. Come on. I, so. I just got to say, does it matter? Right. That's, that's, that's kind of how I the thing, it. too. What does it matter? Yeah. 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 Here's you know, an idea. It's like, go ahead. I want I to give a couple of ideas of what a CNC can do simply, right, that we probably don't think that it can do. Right, mm-hmm. so you can do mortise and tenon with a CNC machine. On the legs, you create a jig with stops, as so it's the same position every single time you put a leg in there. It'll cut out the mortise for you, and then you can do the same thing with the tenons as well. You create a stop, and it mm-hmm. does, you still need to do it in two passes. Get it, you got to flip it over, um, but it can do the top half, and then do the shoulders and all that stuff. And I'm just thinking about it right now. Like, why couldn't you do mortise and tenon with a CNC machine as with steps, right? It's not going to do it all in one pass, but you can absolutely do it. Which, like you were talking about with your cutting your hole and going back in to recut it, it's all about jigs. I mean, it is whether you're using a drill press or whether you're using a table saw or whether you're yeah. using a CNC. If you have a jig set up to where it's the same as, it's just what we're talking about the fender factory. They have a jig set up, so you push the block of wood in right. and it goes as far as it needs to go and no further. As long as you yeah. have that set up. You can do. I, I've done that a little bit, where I've made some signs and some simple little things, where I have just a little box just screwed down to the wasteboard, and, I, and right. it fits the piece of wood that I need. I'm gonna and do that. Just, that's genius. I'm gonna. That's gonna be my first. This is ironic. It's gonna be my first mortise and tenon, but I'm gonna do it with a CNC machine. Make really? a jig. 
so now here with your your machine, it's even easier because they're easier to store. You can go um, through, yeah. Is well, you make take a your your cutting area is twelve by twelve. You have a twelve by eighteen spot, right? Yeah. Make a twelve by eighteen jig that fits perfectly onto that wasteboard, so you can't mess it up. And then you <laughs> and then do that thing where you figure out like where you have your starting point. So design your file so it's twelve by eighteen. Set up a starting point, like actually drill a hole into the wasteboard. Where is your starting yeah. point? So okay. so every every time you go, you drop your bit into this hole or into this mark that you've made on this board. It doesn't have to be anywhere near the work. It can be all the way in the corner. Who cares? But as long as it knows where to go and where to cut. So now mm-hmm. you can make mortise and tenons until the cows come home. Every time you can put that board hanging on the wall, six months later, you put it in, you put your drill bit in that spot, and you run that file or router bit right. in that spot, and you run the uh, file. I like that. But, it's, it's, I mean, for my machine, I would have to make them all two foot by four foot so they start to get cumbersome. It's a big jig. Well, actually, I don't even have to, though. You could make them small as long as you just start them in the same corner all the time. Yeah. But for your machine, it's easy because it's like there's no question. If it's exactly the same size as that board, you can't put it on wrong unless right. you put it backwards. <laughs> so now Which I would find a way to do. That, that same mindset you have with a CNC that moves a router around automatically, and you're making a jig for it. Now, not using a CNC, how would you use your router table, right? A router table, not a handheld router. How would you use your router mm-hmm. table with the right jigs to make mortise and tenons? I don't know if I'd use a router table to make mortise tenons. I would use the handheld. No, use uh, a router I, table. Because I, I, I all would. I see is a couple of templates. Hmm. Yeah, I've done a, even with, I don't even think I use a template. Plunge. I just use the, well, for the, for the hole, for the mortise, you need mm-hmm. to you need to have stops on your fence, so you can't go. But you also far. need to plunge from you underneath. Plunge. But you can start it with a you can start it on your drill press, and then and then and then just put it over the hole. Yeah. Turn the, turn the router on, slide it back and forth, and you're done. And then for the for the tenon, which I've done, I've done it on the table saw as well. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of just running it against the fence. You need to set up a little sled so it doesn't like because when you're doing the skinny end of the piece of wood, you know it can kind of kink on you, and yeah, so you got to have a, a solid backer. But you just basically you just four sides cut four sides off the end of the the wood and then you, you know what i don't one. like this i just don't like not being able to see the cutter when i'm doing this that's yeah what, not a that's what either, you're but. doing though with the template right no i am seeing the cutter because i'm plunging down i'm watching the cutter the whole time with a handheld with a router I, table I, i'm obscuring the cutter template that sits over your router the router table right so it sits over the the bit coming up from the table you put the you put the to to do the and, and it's tall, right? It's as tall as you yeah. want the actual the the I get what you're saying. to be. But it's so all you hidden. drop it in from the top, and you just move it around like you're stirring a, a pot of stew, and that cuts yeah. the tenon. And then to do the mortise, if I'm not making those backwards to cut the hole, um, yeah. it's the same thing. You you take whatever piece you're going to have in there, and and like Tim was saying with blocks, you set it. You, you can even start it over, depending on how deep it is. But start it with the drill press, set it over that, and then you just got to move it back and forth. Stop it in every place it's going to stop, and it's done. It's so simple. You can go one after the other, after the other, after the other. Can I ask you a silly question? Yeah. Why Why do I have to do it that? Why can't I do it with my hand? You over? don't. My question was though. I can see a yeah. CNC being the router moving. Why not make the router still doing it by hand if you don't have a CNC? Uh-huh. That's all. Oh, you can do it whatever well, way you want. I'm not trying to yeah. force you into doing it one way or the other. I promise. I appreciate I appreciate that. Thank you. If your um, if your comfort level's not there, <laughs> I, mean, I would I do it with a handheld I, router. I, I just don't think it makes sense with a router table. For well, me, no. I you know if the, if both the of the tool, mortise and the tenon. I mean, you can make like really really good. You can make like an acrylic base plate with stops on the left and the right, so it hugs yeah. your leg. You know what I mean? And you just create. You you have marks for where you plunge come down and plunge again for your mortise and then just move it back and forth while plunging. If you search the archive that is the genius of my best friend Spags, he actually does uh, a couple of videos on how to use a handheld router to make mortise and tenons. Yeah. Yeah. And again though, it's about building a jig because what you want to do is you want to have a jig like you would on the CNC to hold the leg in the perfect spot. Right. So it can, yeah. you know, and as long as you have and then you have the surface on either side so it's not going right. to tilt or There's, tip. There's um you know, Samurai Carpenter has a great jig like that, and then Marius Hornberger made it even better. So check those two yeah. guys out for this big base plate, but it's super uh, variable, and it's got all these slots and things so that you can make it work with any um, no, any I leg. Have I, have a, I have a CNC. Why would I do that? <laughs> I like everything you're saying right now. <laughs> all right, what's, what's another simple thing you can use a CNC for? This magical mystery computerized robot 
What what can you yeah. do something? We can, we can make a hole. We can make a mortise yeah. and tenon. What else can you do with it that's simple? You know, uh, something to, to think about um, when we're talking about the setup is uh, you can chuck a pencil in there and just and just set set the depth of it or you know or a marker or whatever. Um, but you chuck a pencil in there, right? Uh, I'm saying that for for a reason because now Phil has cut the hole and it's the wrong size. He wants to put the piece of wood back in. He didn't make a fence because he was lazy. So now he can actually sit and he could draw that circle with the pencil and, and, and sand it and erase it off and keep putting the wood in and hitting start to just draw the until he has it perfectly lined up. Then he clamps it down, takes the pencil out, puts his cutter in, and, and finishes his circle. That is the not, smardest thing you've ever said. I think so. Holy I even mackerel. what you just said. And you don't, you You're don't using it as that. a plotter to so that you yeah. can infinitely keep checking to make sure that you put it in the right place, and if you didn't, you erase it. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. I've done it before with Sharpie on my wasteboard. Um, that was another thing I've done is there was a time that I screwed up a problem and I wanted to get my guitar back on there or whatever it was. And so I put a Sharpie in and I drew the profile of the guitars before I had a laser. I drew the profile of the guitar on the wasteboard and then I put my guitar in between the lines and I clamped it down and then I, and then I cut the spot. Son of a gun. Timothy R. Sway. That what was... About- Genius. What about um? Uh, what if I want to just run a simple channel to run some wires on a piece of wood? <clears throat> or if you handheld router, you got to use a fence, you got to line it up. Can you just basically lay something oh, yeah. in there and tell it to make yeah. a straight line, cut a channel? You know what? That you don't even have actually, to tell it. You can just run it manually. <clears throat> yeah, you can drive it manually, which is a lot of fun. Oh. <laughs> you can actually have just a like, push the little arrow button. Yeah. Uh, some people do. Some people use Nintendo controllers and stuff like that. I just use the arrow keys on my laptop. Uh, um. Phil's has a touch screen, <coughs> but, um, a little touch, yeah, yeah, which Except is a little speed tough. To slow, yeah. and you have to you have to get your finger in the corner of that because like, the buttons are like, Bing. yes, yes. I, I use a wand sometimes. Oh, good idea. <laughs> but uh, now you you just mentioned it. And that was actually the time that I traced the outline of the guitar was when I had the truss rod slot that goes through the center of the neck. I exactly. got it, and truss it wasn't okay. it wasn't deep enough. And that was what I did is I drew the guitar. And I put it in, and then I was able to recut my um, that channel in the pr- already carved out neck. I had to do a little bit of shimmying to get the to get it level because I had a fully carved back, so it wasn't flat. Uh, but I was able to shimmy it up and get it close. And I I think I ended up driving that one by hand. Um, so I lined up the router bit. <laughs> this is this is what I did. Uh, so the slot's already there, but it's not deep enough, right? So I put the router bit in, so it was like just just in the slot enough to where it would you know know. And I, and I got it started to where I was going to start, and I made that my zero. And then the guitar was still loose, and I just manually drove it all the way down the slot, and it pushed the neck into the position that would make it straight because the router was off now, right? So mm-hmm. I'm just using the router as a, so I'm just using the router cutter to, to not spinning to just push the neck straight. Oh, I so see. It's, and, then, and then I clamped it down. And then I checked it again to make sure it was still straight. Then I turned it on and set it down a tenth of an inch and, and just drove it right out. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. That that one that was one time. The other time was with the time where I did the I traced the outline of the guitar and, and followed it that way. And I think it didn't That's work super as smart. Yeah, I think it didn't work as well because it was too complicated. So <laughs> then the next time I went and I just did it like that. But well, right. so another thing you can do without a CNC is you can create different um, beveled edges and chamfered edges and ogie fagogies and all these things. Can you do that type of work on the CNC as well? You have a nice cutting board or you have a nice tabletop. You just want to put a nice round over or pick, you know, 45 degree, whatever. Something I can stick in my router bit and just use my handheld router to go around to make a nice edge. Can you do that simple process on a... On a Technically, yeah. yes. There are people that do that, yeah. I just watched a Frank Howarth video that he just put out um, where he makes like a door and a gate and whatever, and he basically uses his CNC machine as an upside-down router table to do exactly that, to put a roundover or an OG or whatever it was mm-hmm. on there, and it's kind of like a radial arm saw, but for me, I wouldn't. I would use I'd go back to my router table, and I would just use my chamfer bit or whatever and just do it like that while I'm doing the next thing on the CNC if I'm making something different, but... If I'm not making something else, then it's router table time. I don't, I don't see the point of doing it that way. Yeah, but if you're that guy that's starting a business and you have to decide between buying a jointer to play in a router table or a CNC. But those yeah, aren't the same money. I mean, like, a router table could be a piece of plywood in a $60 router. Yeah. 
And for well, just like chamfers, it's like a dedicated chamfer money, station. Though. I mean, I'd, I'd like yeah. to think about that for a minute. So you have some startup money, not lots, but I mean, routers are not the price they used to be. A, a, a home, uh, I mean, a CNC, a home CNC not too long ago was ten, twelve, fifteen thousand dollars for a small one that would go into shop. I think Jimmy's first CNC, the robot, whatever it's called, the shop bot. Yeah, the shop bot, I think, yeah. Was, he, he paid a lot of money. It's like a, it's like a two-foot square, and it was it like a very grand. specific, like, sign-making yeah. and stuff to help increase his business. But now, you're looking at a couple grand. So, you buy a couple of grand worth of equipment, uh, nice table saw, a drill press, um, you know, all these different tools that can add up to 2000 not, not that you can't find them cheaper, but if you, you know, let's say you want to pick a brand, you want to go Powermatic, you want to go something like that, right? So you spend $2,000 on, on those, or do you, if you're a younger person who likes computers and that's your thing, do you buy that CNC? And can you get the same amount of production out of it as you can doing it by hand? And I think that's where it comes in. Are you making 10 of something? You might want the tools that you can do it by hand, because you can do them faster. Well, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting question, and you know, me, five years ago maybe even even after having a CNC maybe four years ago I'd be like oh no the, what you want to do is you want to buy a table saw and you want to get a chop saw you want to get I would have I would have said it that way but now me on this side I I would I would consider that having a little bit of knowledge and experience I would think, consider that my first tool would be think about it this way right now Tim if you only had your CNC right now and I took away all your other tools can you still produce the same amount of work that you can now in the same amount of time um, not, not that they can't do the uh, same things, but the same amount of time. Well, to to an extent, to an extent. Um, no, I mean, it. The, I I would have to work differently. Like the, what could, I like. You how could you? You couldn't like well, before saw, it gets to the CNC. There's a lot of work that has to happen to the material first. You're not just slapping sheet goods on there, well, that, right? Well, that's what I mean. I would have to work differently. Like if I were, I would either have to buy lumber that was you know or S4S buy work and, a sheet good. Yeah. But it, but even so, like I I could take my rotten. I still got my claw hammer and my magnets. I could still take my rotten barn wood, and I could. No, you took I those away. De- I, could, I have nothing. <laughs> I don't have the you I don't got, have the wrenches nothing. to change you got cutters. You a CNC the machine CNC. and your hat. <laughs> no screw gun even. I just gotta. Nothing. I gotta hold it. I gotta hold it with my hands while the CNC yeah. cuts it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I mean, in theory, I could take my my barn wood and I could. I could stick it on there, and I could S4S it, and I could then I could pull it off and glue it together. But no, I would not be able to work as efficiently and productively, so I would have to work differently for so, that to make sense. Let me, let me change it up again, and I'll, I'll go to Phil this time. Phil, you're, you're a young Phil before you were married with kids. Um, you are computer savvy. Somebody offers you a CNC that is piranha-sized, um, but... It, but the reason why that's more efficient for you other than having a table saw, drill press, and a bandsaw is because you don't have a shop. You've actually got a, an apartment. You've got a corner of your, you live alone, so even if you get a little sawdust here and there, you'll clean it up. But you've only got an apartment where I'm guessing that that machine is more, makes more sense to have than the machines that you can't have because you don't have the space for, but you can still actually make it do work. What kind of work can you do with that? It doesn't have to be an apartment, maybe a a small basement, something, but you don't have a shop, but you can fit a small CNC. What kind of work can you actually do to start a side business, you know, side hustle, something like that? Honestly, probably nothing with wood because I couldn't actually process the wood, but what it could do is I could, I could do circuit boards with it. Circuit boards. Oh yeah. Yeah, soldering iron. Mm. Well, I mean, like, I I would, mean, going back to Jimmy, I mean, making little signs, making little lighted LED signs. They'd have to be, they'd have to be so small for it to make sense. But instead, what I could do is I could literally uh, create a circuit board business. You send me your design, my machine will cut out your circuit boards. Okay. So what happens is, is it's plastic, and on top is a sheet of um, enameled on copper. And what the CNC does is it cuts away what isn't a trace. And then once it's done, because it's only going down a 34, a 30 seconds, probably too much of what it goes into the copper. It's probably a 64th mm. just to shave off the copper that isn't meant to be part of a trace that's connecting two parts together. Part of the actual Boom, circuit, a, right. It's a circuit board yeah. reproduction business, and that's what I would be doing. Yeah, and you have to drill the little holes where the ends are, right? Yeah, well, you, you just yeah. – four holes, right? And then that's – that's all. Well, no, but I mean, I mean on the circuit board, on the end of the resistors and capacitors, you have to have holes. The solder holes. Yeah, that's through hole. But yeah, 
you could also do surface mount, which is the other kind of circuit. A lot of a lot of stuff isn't gotcha. through hole anymore. It's all everything is just like it just yeah, is makes placed sense. on there. Mm. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you would need holes too. But that's that's perfect. That's why like I have a reducer that, and you can get, you know, bits that are thirty second of an inch bits. So, I, uh, I use point oh. So that's what I would inch. do to make money. Yeah, I have point oh two three inch bits that I use to uh, cut my fret slots. What is that? Jeez. In, in, uh, 0.023 is well, well, while you're figuring out, I'm going to revel in the fact that I just had a full it's podcast 25. conversation with you guys about CNCs. I think I did very well. You're welcome. <laughs> I think you, Ani, can I, can I say something right now and don't take this the wrong way? I think you were the best part of the conversation. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no doubt. But don't you asked the, the most interesting questions. So I just typed in 0.023 as a fraction. You know what came up? 23 one hundredths. Thanks, Google. Thanks, man. <laughs> But take that and convert it to millimeters, because it is a yeah, it is a uh, it is an odd an odd number, so it doesn't make sense. O two three to millimeters is oh, I, I got to write inches, I guess inches to millimeters is point uh, five eight millimeters. So it's half a mil, a little bigger than half a millimeter. Yeah, that's five, small, eight. man. Like wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. I break them. I break them. Yeah, of course you break them. They're nothing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um. Okay, nice. I like that. Good, good, so, good as it turns out, I now live in an apartment and I make circuit boards. This is my side hustle. Yeah, that's alternative like universe, uh, Phil. Yep, I like it. Well, I, and probably twenty years ago, when that was the case, there weren't websites that do that for two bucks a piece. So I could have made some real money. Yeah. Well, you could have been um, at least twenty, twenty bucks a piece. Yeah, for sure. Definitely, yeah. I could have. Now it's like people sneeze them out, three D print them, whatever you know. Well, the, you've got like these like Chinese factories where they uh, they literally they you'll you have to do it's a minimum order of five or ten of whatever circuit board you're doing, and they charge you two bucks a piece. Hmm. I feel like we should at least say uh, "avid" one more time, just to say that. Should we? Should we? <laughs> you Only guys one of us know, is getting I, paid I by these this guys. in the pre-show, but you know I have an avid CNC. It's just that they weren't called avid at the time, and I don't have CNC all Roberts. of it. It's an older one. And it's about eighty percent. And we have to figure out somehow to make that productive. I think. Yeah, send me send me a picture. We could probably do that. And you know, and I don't think Phil needs it. I think you need it. Yeah, <laughs> screw that guy. <laughs> um, okay, here we go. Um, I'm I'm looking at iTunes review review, and there's only one, and it's from Australia. So since you guys can't see it, I will read it. Can we pretend it's from Scott and Dan and they had a party just to write us a review? I uh, fully support your right to do whatever you want to do. <laughs> so the author is <clears throat> a smartass who wrote T-S-T-D-C-U-V-G-D. Um, and the title is Cheapskate. Review. I thought it would be an appropriate – I thought it would be an appropriate – I guess they meant to write time, to make an announcement as these guys are willing to read up just about anything for the price of a five-star review. I'd like to thank Phil, Tim, and Bill for all their efforts for releasing this show, but more importantly, I'd like to personally take this opportunity to thank everyone of their Patreon supporters at every level, but especially the top Patreons. You guys know who you are, but once again, thank you to all of the supporters. P.S. You know they would still probably do this for free, right? (laughs) That's the funniest thing I've heard all year. You don't have to read all of it, do you? Did we ever say we would read all of it? <laughs> no. We said we'll read it. I mean, yeah. it's, you know. Right. Sweet. Thank you. <laughs> Tustiga Vergida. Um, moving on. Uh, weekly tip segment. I got one. Do it. Okay. Um, well, I got a couple, actually. Um but the, the one that came, I just got while you were having a conversation, Phil. You said something about shelf pins, and you had to wait for the right size screw. Because the, the bit you had wasn't big enough, right? Or it was too big. The bit I had was too big, yeah. Right, so when it's too big, so this is what I've done in the past. If you take, or in the past, uh, if you take, because that's a little tiny hole, but it's not that much bigger, cut out little squares of T-shirt or rag, and you can use those uh, and then tap them in there. And that's just enough because the material spreads you can actually get away with it. You know what I'm saying? Interesting. To keep them slightly in there. If I wasn't videoing, 
great well, tip. Well, if you weren't making a hundred of them, too, I'm talking about if, yeah. if you have a shelf in your house and the pin's getting loose on it, because the, the shelf yeah. will usually hold the pin in, but you don't want it wobbly and loose anyway. But yeah. you can use a little piece of cloth to, to act as a... Oh, I freaking love that. Yeah. I've used tape before, like just kind of like cut a little piece of tape, but I like yours better because it'll squish yeah. and move. Yeah, it'll squish and, and also move, there's friction. Yeah. It, it, it works really well. It'll hold in there nice and snug, and, and so if you're worried about was. And, I was going to say you should have used your CNC to cut the holes. <laughs> I know you were thinking that, but obviously yeah. I have to show the tool I don't, being used with the jig specifically. Because yeah. that, that's yeah. what the video was for, yeah. Right. But yes, otherwise I would have just made my own CNC jig. Yeah. And then the, the other tool is just because I had to use it recently. Um, uh, where I work, and people might have these, where I work in every one of our trucks and our tractors, we have to have a first aid kit, just a little one. It's, we have to, right? And then when they yeah. expire, they throw them away. So they're either a plastic or a little metal box. Well, those little metal boxes, the little plastic boxes, are just the right size, and they clamp down pretty tight so the little dividers inside kind of keep everything divided. I use those as screw totes. And if I'm going wow. to a job or something like that, I will throw a handful of eight different screws that I might need in there, or ten or whatever, and then that way I just got a but a, a buttload of them, and I close that little first aid box. Here's the one I was using. I'll show you guys, but it's about seven by ten. And it's just, oh, that's a good size. Yeah, but I mean, it's still not the yeah. size of a, a giant toolbox, and this will fit. You know, you throw it in a five-gallon bucket with a few extra tools when you're going to a site. And it's just handy, and then when it gets too full of, of them, I'll organize them all, put them back, and then the next time I go out, I will grab a handful of a bunch of different screws because you'll need it hmm. when you go to. When Casey needs me to go to her mom and dad's house and help them repair the table, I don't know yeah. what I'm going to need, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's just that's yeah. just a handy idea. The plastic or those little first aid boxes, I just find them a great size, the little car size ones for, and you can put whatever if if you're going to if you're gonna um, if you're gonna go fix uh, an unbalanced table or something, you got all those little felt pads. Throw a bunch of different size felt pads in there so you don't have to. They're just everywhere. This way it's contained. You have your mess in one spot. It's not a mess anymore. These are the best tips we've ever had. <laughs> I, I have a box like that in my garage at home because my workshop is not here. And so right, exactly. when I'm at home, I have... So here's what I have in my... I have, like, no tools at the house. But things come up, you have to fix them. So I have a box like that that's just got, like, about 10 of everything and 99% I mean it's got weird it's got like broken keys and padlocks that don't have keys and broken why wouldn't you need those yeah right all these things and like 99% of the time I can find some MacGyverism like repair in this box of garbage that's in the in the the other thing I have I just recently put together uh, I had a tool bag that my parents had bought me like a little like tote and um and so I, I you know I have random hand tools and stuff around the house what I did is I put an even smaller box with a couple of screws in there. It's like, you know, like two inches by one, like an Altoid size box. And then I have like one screwdriver, one pair of pliers. Like basically if, if I can't fix whatever's broken in the house with this bag, that means I need to call a professional. <laughs> that's a you know? good, that's actually that's a good way good. to sort of know. Right. So what I don't have in there is my, my socket wrenches and my, adjust uh, in my fixed wrenches like the, my you know crescent wrenches there because there's they're too heavy there's too many of those so they're in a separate toolbox so if i need any of those and they're all random sets there's nothing you know no 10 millimeters you know i mean only 9 and 11 you know homeowner <laughs> but but so then i have this bag it's like you know it's like a couple different screwdrivers like a pair of pliers like a pipe you know a pipe wrench or a, a plumber's wrench just like homeowner stuff mm -hmm. core, core the screw uh, screw gun so little tiny level about three inches long <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, so that's what I would do with too. This, I have like throw. like a homeowner's toolbox. If I ever moved my shop out of my garage, I still need mm. tools for the house. So I'd have like one toolbox of like, you know, the stuff you need to just fix broken things around the house. Well, yeah, you that's, know where the, exactly. you know where every homeowner's toolbox is, right? It's that one drawer in the kitchen. In the no? kitchen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's one drawer in yeah. the kitchen. It's you open it yeah. up, the bottom's falling out because it's stuffed with cordless drills and screwdrivers and wrenches yeah. and screws. And I have a screwdriver in there because I don't want to have to go to the garage. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I got one of those quick picks that goes in there. It's like it's got it's like one of those uh, screwdrivers that's got different tips and they're all stored yeah. in the handle. Quick pick. Yeah. That's in my bag. One of those. Yeah. I, years bag, ago, maybe. I made a video of the, the homeowner's uh, multi-tool, and I took a, a Leatherman, and I put a hammerhead on it, 
and uh, and a little knife and stuff. There's a video several years old on my channel about that. And then I made another one. I don't know if I remember if I made a video or not, but it was a bigger pair. Of, it was like lineman pliers that I welded. You went through a phase. On. I think you made like 18 different videos about multi. I was into. I'm into that. Like, I love amphibious yeah. cars and, like, things that do two <laughs> things poorly. That's, like, my favorite thing in the world. There's someone that does two jobs poorly. <laughs> well, there's three of us on this podcast. <laughs> I think we've uh, just exceeded your expectations, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, great tips. I love it. Um, what grabbed your attention this week? I have nothing. I, I got I, I'll tell you. So, uh, last week I told you I went down to... Southern California went to Joshua Tree, and I was surprised that uh, Brett McAfee, Skull and Spade, was down there because, you know, Ben Weta and Jesse Weta are down there. Uh, I didn't realize, but Mike Montgomery, who's also one of Ben's podmates of the um, modern whatever it is they are, um, but Mike Montgomery's down there, modern builds. He's actually bought property down there, and he's building out a bus he just gutted it and now he's tiling a he's like old school uh subway tile tiling a bathroom inside this bus which is kind of amazing oh, cool. yeah so cool but yeah, yeah so i there's a lot of makers in joshua tree that i know <laughs> it's, cool. it's it's kind of really neat so yeah so check out modern builds mike's adventure of of transforming a bus into a uh uh, a mini house or whatever you want to call it. I guess it's tiny home, tiny house, tiny home. Tiny home, yeah. Tiny yeah. Home. There you go. Nice. What about you, Phil? Um, I've been watching a lot of uh, Minecraft videos because my <laughs> son knows everything about this game. Like, and he's got a friend who knows even more than he does. And uh, they were on a social distance play date on the street last week, and to hear them go back and forth. Is what I imagine someone who knows nothing about making things experiences when they listen to us talk. Uh, I was just sitting there going, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Okay. I don't know what you're saying right now, but I'm so excited about your enthusiasm. Like to hear my seven year old be so excited and nerd out about this. That I was like, oh, I used to nerd out about this stuff too. This is great. So That's I want to, uh, so I'm playing catch up. Vance with Fortnite right now. Him and Maddie. He's into Fortnite. Yeah. He's in the for He's ten now, so he's still a little young for it. But what? You know, what yeah. Do? But uh, he's but yeah, not. So him he's not playing Roblox. Uh, he was for a while. He's not right now. He's into and he and he did a lot of Minecraft, but now he's into uh, Fortnite because Maddie's home, and right. and she's into it. So the two of them are, of course, like playing Fortnite all night. And and then yeah, there's the. I mean, yeah, there's the what is it called? The dialogue or. What's the word? Vernacular of uh, uh -huh. of these games, you know? Not great, not uh, great. <laughs> well, it's just, yeah. I mean, I don't know. He's like talking. But it's like, oh yeah, it's just you know, he's like a he's a single Fracker. pump, you know, and yeah. like all these like horrible like gun words and stuff. Yeah. And then and then there's all the tech talk too, and the you know fishing for this and spawning that, and uh, I don't know. I just I just yeah. feel I feel like my beard looks <laughs> when I listen to them talk. They're they're not it. horrible gun words, Tim. Well, well because there, you are murdering people. people in the game, yeah. so it's yeah. not—it's not, it's not well, that shooting I don't for like, sport. It's, yeah. it's, it's shooting it's for all, murder. Yeah. There's all this like slang for like murdering, you know, like shooting someone in the head and this and that. Like, it just starts using all these slang words. Just oh, pick don't up let him play. play that. I know. I know. It's all about headshots and fragging and all this. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, what about Pokemon Snap? I like that game. <laughs> yeah. Is that a game? Pokemon Snap? Yeah. He uh, Pokemon runs around taking pictures. Really? really? Yeah, look it up. Pokemon Snap. From I don't know 20 if I want that ago. in my feed. <laughs> I'll have what he's smoking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, our websites, williamlutes.com, timsway.net, and newperspectivesmusic.com. Guys, I want you to contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that good stuff. We love hearing from you guys, and we want those questions. And we want those voicemails. Don't forget to record yourself oh, yeah, and send them that. to info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. Um, you can hit us up on Twitter at Reclaimed Audio. Uh, iTunes reviews. Any five-star review will be read out loud. Take a look at earlier tonight and you will see that I will just – I'll just read it. I won't even rehearse it. I'll just read it. Even uh, if they're not true. That's what we got to say. We'll read them out loud even if they're not true. Right. So we are inspiring a generation of liars to write into us. Um, 
and patreon.com slash reclaimed audio. Uh, what did I say? Patreon. Patreon.com slash, yeah, right? Yeah. Slash reclaimed audio. Um, it's the best way to keep us on the air, frankly, but also uh, gives you access to the pre-show where you get to see how we come up with these brilliant topics week in, week out. And uh, for 10 bucks, you will get um, you will get your name read, read out at the top of the show as one of the top Patreon supporters. So that's, I don't want to toot my own horn here, but that's a pretty big deal. I can't really think of anything better, bigger, or more amazing than that. Join Not, the nothing. likes of Jimmy DeResta. Yeah, that's right. He The air is pretty rare up there, so feel free to join him. Um, although, there, it's he, a pretty big I list. I don't know actually. if he knows he's still doing that. Like, Shh. I'm afraid he's going to listen when they're like, my, they're still reading my name? Oh, no. <laughs> Here's the worst part. The day I dread is the day that his credit card expires. <laughs> <laughs> and he has to make some choices. That's right. Yeah. And we just get one of those. He's going to look like, what? For, for last four years? What the heck is going on? Who are these idiots? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to do one nice thing. Yeah. <laughs> and with that said, have a great week, guys. Bye, everybody. Be good. <laughs>